air back 35 minutes after 11 o'clock. Our Mellow Joy Coffee Time as we welcome back to the show Richard Abear, Abear's Garden Center. How you doing, sir? Hey, Jeff. Good morning to you. You, You're checking out my poinsettia for what? That's right. I was seeing if you had a sleeve, but we'll we'll talk about it off air. It's just, uh, that's a bag that you got on there. Yeah, I I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to see if we haven't filed too many of my uh, ornate sleeves and we'll get that on there. No, no. In, in fact, uh, at some point, probably going to repot it and get it into something. Uh, so That's right. Yeah, if you can hold off a few weeks till spring, that would be the best time to repot it. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, um, it is doing well, though, I think. Yeah, it looks good. It, it looks good, it, Jeff. It's You're the point set of man. We looks like a point set of man. There you go. Mr. P. <laughs> Mr. P. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, no, uh, you know, last time you were here, of course, we were talking about the uh, freeze and their effects. Any further understanding of um, uh, how I, we fared there? I, I think not really. You know, a lot of people are calling and asking, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And, you know, when it comes to freezes, especially when you're talking about trees and, and palm trees and citrus trees and bigger things, it's really there's, there's really not much to do. It's more what not to do than what to do. Uh, you know, you really don't want to do any heavy pruning at this point when it comes to the the uh, citrus and palms. Just kind of leave everything. We really won't know the effects. I mean, that last freeze, in some cases, it was two years before we knew the new effect. And if you think of it this way, is that the the tree, you know, has a vascular system that brings moisture up and nutrients up. If that was affected, right now. The trees don't need a lot of anything. They're kind of in dormancy. Uh, it's, not, it's not dry. It's not hot. So they don't need a lot. So if that was affected, you're not going to see any signs of it. So you'll start to see signs of, and, and people will start calling in June, July, and August saying, man, all of a sudden my tree, what happened? And a lot of times it's because of that. The, the need for the moisture becomes really great because of the dry and the and the heat, so it's requiring a lot more moisture, but it can't get it because of the damage, and so, so and so, and that's why when it comes to damaged uh, plants uh, that you know have been damaged, I, I don't recommend fertilizing them in the spring. Uh, you want to kind of just let them kind of recover on their own and not push them. If you, if you try to push them, then then they're going to need a lot more. Uh, 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 nutrients, a lot more of everything, and they can't get it if they've been damaged. So you want to kind of let it, kind of, kind of, you know, uh, heal itself, I guess. And and in sometimes, if the summertime is rather moderate in terms of dryness, they'll make it through that first summer. They may not, they're not going to be, you know, really viable and growing a lot, but they'll survive. And then you get to a severe drought, and then all of a sudden they die. So that's why in some instances it took a couple of years for us to see the, the total results. But, you know, bottom line is just kind of, you know, lay low and, uh, and you know, clean up the stuff that's really decaying. And I'm talking about small stuff now, lily niles, gingers, that maybe have big leaves that have become soft and falling. Yeah. That's, that kind of stuff you want. And you can do selective pruning. I'm not saying that. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit more about pruning in general and uh but but you know i i don't know if i got used to it because of the cold lash uh two two years ago but i will say this uh it's not going to be as bad because we lost so much and so generally when people lose something they don't because of cold it takes a few years for them to forget and then (laughs) and then start to replant some of those things and so they were a lot less 
items that were tropical out there to lose. And so that's a good thing. And, uh, and, and I guess the prime example is, is some of the palms. The queen palm had become as a variety of palm tree that had become really, really popular with some people. And they had a ton of them out there, hundreds if not thousands of them that were planted. And some people had pools with 10 or 15 of these palm trees. The problem was twofold is that now you had a, a, a tree that was dead and they're not easy to take out. You just can't go out there and just pull them out. And it takes equipment and labor and money to get them out. Is that something to do with the idea that they're tropical? They're, they're, they're from hurricane-prone areas, and therefore they rooted themselves in a way? Or? No, they just have a really, exactly to the, to the hurricane, that can sustain hurricanes, they're really dense, dense-rooted. So you're not going to up, uh, you know, a uh, 150-mile wind will not uproot a palm. And, but in the same way, uh, because they're so dense and so strong, and they're not easy to get out. I mean, I mean, it is just you, you're going to almost take a backhoe. You've got to cut them and almost take a backhoe to get these things out. And, but that's why they're great in, mm. in certain areas because of hurricanes. They can take it. They can take the wind. They're not coming out of the ground. And, uh, but it, so it was a twofold. Is that now they got to get them out, then they got to replace them. So, I mean, sometimes the cost of getting them out, cutting them and getting them out was equal to replacing it. So people got kind of burned out on certain varieties. And, and then they started saying, you know, you, you know kind of you know, what it is is that some of these more uh, less tropical palm trees were beautiful, but they were extremely expensive. So you could buy a, a, a queen palm for maybe a third the cost. And so a lot of them were planted, and they said, well, oh, they can take, they can take a good amount of coal. They could, but they just couldn't take what, what we got. And so, so there was a lot less to lose. So I don't think the effects are going to be as great. But, uh, but in some instances, if protection wasn't done, it's, it's going to be a problem. But, but in terms of general pruning, Jeff, now is the time of year to do pruning. And I'm talking about this, uh, you know, things that died back, but in general – and that's why you see a lot of trees prune, prune right now. Uh, you have a lot, a lot less stress on the plant because they don't need the moisture. Uh, they don't need fertilizer. And there's less bugs and, and fungus out there to cause issues when you make fresh cuts. So you know, why in general do we prune? We prune because, first off, there's a lot of times you have dead branches. You know, a lot of times you have a part of the tree or part of the shrub that's dead. So you want to get that those uh, uh, uh uh, dead, diseased limbs or branches out. The other thing is just to control the size of the plant, whether it be a tree or a shrub. A lot of times a tree or shrub has gotten just way too big. And, you know, just a side note, if, if you know, many living in South Louisiana, uh, we stay a lot warmer than in certain areas year round. So we get a lot of growth. So if a you know, I'm thinking my classic example is a dwarf yopon, which if you look in the literature, they'll say a dwarf yopon will get about two to three feet tall. That's assuming normal maintenance where you're kind of pruning it to keep its shape and, uh, and, and a little care. But if you don't do anything to a dwarf yopon, it, it will get six feet tall. Mm. And so, you, you know, all of this, you know, size of plants in south Louisiana is dictated by normal uh, pruning and, and normal maintenance. If you don't do anything to it, it will overgrow. Whereas you get further north, usually the wintertime will kind of knock that down and, and you just don't have that consistent moisture. So you want to control the size and the shape of the plant through pruning. 
And then the, the last one is you're prone to stimulate growth. And that kind of gets into, into the kind of the, what we're talking about, why you don't want to do a lot of heavy pruning, on, especially on tropicals, because you will stimulate growth, which may be a bad thing if we get another hard cold. We just started in January. That hard one that came a few years ago was middle of February. So there's a chance that certainly we're going to get cold weather. How cold? is yet to be determined. So you don't want to do a lot of major pruning on tropicals. However, non-tropicals such as oaks and, you know, uh, uh, shrubs that are cold tolerant, now's the time to do it. Uh, I think we have a caller on the line. We'll see if it's a question for Richard. Hi, you're in there. This is George Reeves. i got a question. Go ahead. R- ryegrass. Can it freeze down and get blonde? And get white? Yeah kind of blondish uh yes and surprisingly that's what i figured yeah yeah and surprisingly i saw that and which really is surprising Um, my house is covered with an oak tree yes i'm okay yes my daughters and my mother-in-law they're asking me all kind of questions they look look i don't know you know uh but i figured a hard freeze maybe that did it yeah that's exactly exactly what happened uh george okay all right thank you appreciate the call three six seven twelve forty if you do have a question or comment, don't hesitate in which to give us a call. You know, and, and getting getting back to George's comment is that, uh, um, you know, he mentioned that the ryegrass that was under the trees was fine. And, you know, and I always say this, you know, a little difference makes a big difference in, when it comes to horticulture. And that is a classic example of under those trees, those trees were protecting it from the wind and also holding heat. I mean, a little heat. And you, you're amazing, you know, that, that, that heat rises and if it's out in the open it's gone whereas under these trees it it might have given you four or five degrees of of extra warmth and even though rye is a cool season grass and it never burns back but in this case in certain instances where it was exposed to the wind wide open nothing on top of it amazingly it froze i mean you know i guess one thing you could have done i guess would be water it in uh, and let that ice freeze, and I think that would have helped. But between the wind and uh, the sustained cold, it, it was an issue. And, uh, yes, and that's, that was amazing to me, but I have seen that. All right. Uh, so, the, you know, the other big question is, you know, what, what can you prune, what can you not prune? I'm, I kind of give just kind of a, a you know, a, a rough analysis to kind of keep it simple. But basically, if the plant will bloom in spring, early spring and spring, in a general way, you do not want to prune it in the wintertime. And the classic one is an azalea. You know, the azaleas bloom generally uh, uh, early to mid-spring, and you, you don't want to do it because those, those flower buds have already been formed. So if you get in there and do some severe pruning and cutting back, where, wherever you've cut that bud back, it will not come. Those buds will, will, have, will have formed in the summertime. So... Now, can you prune them back? You say, man, I got to prune it back because it's blocking my driveway. I can't get in and out. You can, and it won't, it won't kill the plant, but it won't bloom for that spring. So generally speaking, if it blooms in early to mid-spring, you don't want to prune it in the winter. Ones that you do want to prune are things like camellias and uh, uh, shishis, sasanquas. Those have all been were beautiful, and some have not bloomed yet. Now, the ones that bloom later, obviously you don't want to prune that now. But camellias, in the general rule, will bloom in late fall and winter, and exact the time they bloom will be determined by the variety. 
But the biggest one that's blooming right now are the shishis, which is the little dwarf ones, get around three or four feet tall and make a pink flower. Those you want to, uh, uh, if they're finished blooming, you can go ahead and, and, and prune them back, and they'll flush out with new growth because, remember, pruning stimulates growth. So it'll flush out, but they're cold hardy. So you don't have to worry about that, that sensitivity if it gets cold again. So uh, now's a great time to bloom. Now, if, if, if you have a camellia that's blooming or fixing to bloom, they're in heavy bud, yeah, leave it alone. Let them go ahead and, uh, and bloom out. Plants that bloom in the summertime, uh, you want to prune that before it comes out with new growth. Generally speaking, the plants that will bloom in the summer, and the, and the biggest one is crepe myrtles, okay, that bloom in the summer, their blooms come from the growth in the spring. So if you wait for a crate myrtle to prune it back after it has sprouted in the spring, you are cutting the, 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 the buds that are going to develop for the, for the uh, summer. So you want to prune those now. So, uh, you know, the Altheas and all of that stuff uh, and the crate myrtles, now is a great time. They're dormant. You can get in there easy, and, and it works really, really good, as well as, of fruit trees such as peaches, apples, pears, plums, persimmons, all that can be done now while they're dormant. It's actually the best time to do it for ease also because there's no, you're not finding leaves and you can really get in there and do a good job. Um, and, and so that's all done. And it's really a great time to do it and it's, it's a smart time to do it. When it comes to tropicals, that's what you got to worry about. You don't want to do that now because you're going to stimulate growth. And the only other one I want to talk about would be roses. And, and roses are done generally, they, it's a general rule February. But if it's a warm winter, let's say January ends up being, you know, 70 degrees or 60, 70 degrees for the rest of the three weeks, you're going to see that these roses are going to start to sprout. So you may have to cut them back into January, but really no sooner than that. And uh, that kind of, that's really important with roses because, uh, it just roses can grow, and when you're trying to do those long stem roses, you want to cut them so that the the uh, the, the plant is healthy, it's well shaped, and and you get these long stem roses on uh, long healthy sprouts as opposed to damaged sprouts. You know, in in general, the tools that you use for pruning, Jeff, are, are important, and um, you know, always do use sharp tools and use the appropriate tool for the size branch that you're cutting. In other words, you wouldn't want to use a hand pruner that only maybe will cut a half-inch half inch limb trying to cut a one-inch limb. Because you're just going to crush it. You're going to crush it. That's right. And a sharp, a sharp tool. So good sharp tools and the appropriate uh, tool for the size of the limb. You know, sometimes you need a saw, right? Sometimes you need a chainsaw or a, a handsaw. Sometimes you need a loper. That's a long-handled Stems that can open up and do, you know, two to three inches. And sometimes you need hand pruners. All the time, keeping in mind that you're going to do it uh, with, with sharp tools. And the, uh, and the other issue would be when you start to prune, you know, uh, maybe un, un, unhealthy areas or, or areas you're not sure why that branch died, maybe have a little 10% Clorox solution where when you cut those limbs, you kind of keep it from spreading it uh, if, if, if a chance. Obviously, it's impractical where you're doing a, you know, a big hedge. I, I get that. But certain selective trees that it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of, you know, to keep it sterile. And then, and then where do you cut and how do you cut? 
in general, Jeff, in general, you always want to do an angled cut, meaning that you don't want to cut it flat for a lot of reasons. But the biggest is that if it's if it's flat and uh, uh, it, it water doesn't run off, like you mentioned, smooth cuts are important. That gets back to the sharp tools or the appropriate tool. You want a good, clean cut, uh, whether it be with a saw or with a, uh, a hand pruners. Clean cut at an angle. And you want to cut it slightly above a bud that is sprouting away from the plant, if that made sense. In other words, you don't want to cut it uh, right below a bud, and then maybe you got six or eight inches of stem and then another bud. So you want to get a cut slightly above the bud at an angle and uh, a bud that's going to grow away from the interior of the plant. Okay. And uh, and in that way, you get an uh, an open plant. This is especially especially true with roses, but it can be true with a lot of things. Now, I get it, guys. You know, if we, if you go and cut a, a hedge, you know, of Russian olive or ligustrum <laughs> or whatever, you ain't worried about where you're cutting it. Uh, and I get that. But with certain plants, uh, even even crepe myrtles, uh, if you go in there and cut them above these buds and and make sure that sprout is going, to, it will actually make a an aesthetically pleasing plant it will make for a healthier plant and a more balanced plant which basically means it'll if it's a tree it'll take wind better you know when it comes to peaches and pears and all that a uh, good balanced uh uh, uh healthy uh, branches growing outward in uniformity uh helps helps for a lot of reasons uh disease is, is a lot less wind issues are a lot less so that's all important. And, and, you know, just getting, getting to that, you know, when we prune our live oak trees or our trees, a lot of that pruning is done for less wind resistance. In other words, a lot of times you will see live oaks that, that take hurricanes a lot better than other live oaks. And usually, not always, but many times, I should say, the reason is because some of the live oaks that have been maintained and pruned allow for less wind resistance. A lot of those little spur shoots that are not growing in the interior of the plant uh, have, that have been cleaned out so when the wind is blowing through it, it gets through it as, a, as opposed to it's just thick with a lot of sports and, and just a lot of leaves and it's too dense and you get too much resistance and it either blows, it blows a, a, the branch off. So uh, a lot of reasons, uh, but in, in general, pruning is, is a smart thing to do. It'll keep the plant healthier and uh and will also spur more and better growth very good anything else uh, on your mind these days I, I think that's it jeff we're kind of preparing for spring uh as we speak and uh um i think it's going to be a good one i think we're going to have to replace a few things and um and so we just got to get ready there you go Richard, always a pleasure. Uh, I know you took a week off uh, last week, but uh, yeah, back, we're back uh, to six days a week. 